Well, well, welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Marin, and I will not despise these small beginnings. We're back from our weekend of service, and we're trusting that God will accomplish through our small efforts more than we can even dream. And Barry is here to tell us about trees and roots and the roots of trees. But before he does that, now that he's back from his camping trip with Teddy Roosevelt, please welcome our favorite self-proclaimed tree-hugging environmentalist, lead pastor, Barry Rodriguez. Oh my goodness. Barry, good day. I think in this sphere, I am co-host. Good day. Only. It is- and <laughs> Hannah Miller. Hannah Miller is joining hey, us today. Hey, Hannah. Hi, everybody. Hannah's here to talk about sustainability and help us recap our weekend of service. That's right. Welcome. We, I'm very excited. This is a great chance for us to yet again try to do a pod without Tyler. We're uh, trying so hard. Tyler, I don't know. He's just gone a lot these <laughs> days. He went on family vacation, and now he's out doing his job at a conference for, I don't know, church database software. So yeah. I hope he's having a blast because <laughs> I can't imagine anything more fun than a conference full of uh, church database uh people. Yeah. But our own uh, Wes Adkins is actually presenting at that at that conference so you know as we speak right as we speak right now as we're recording on on whatever day this is it's all blur but (laughs) he is he is representing some of the the advances that we've been able to make with this open source software and so way to go Wes we're proud of you what a champ yeah all right so Hannah welcome it's It's good to have you you. I'm starstruck how do we how do we (laughs) (laughs) whatever how do we introduce Hannah you are on staff at Grace Church Yes, I am. And you are, uh, you you were very instrumental in a lot of the coordination of weekend of service. So we'll talk about that when we kind of debrief that whole deal. Uh, but you're also sort of kind of in a volunteer capacity. You are representing the area of sustainability with our new Project Eden team. So I want to hear about that first of all. So you you care for creation. You you have a passion for it. What? Why is that a passion of yours? And then we'll and then we'll do like life catch up stuff in a second. Yeah. <laughs> uh well, I was born a small child. Yes. And as a kid I loved animals. I wanted all of the feral cats and uh-huh. rabbits and songbirds in the neighborhood to be my friends. Yeah. Uh but I don't think it was until I was in college that I realized that sustainability is something that's a life choice that actually can make a difference or not. So yeah. Um, so now it's a it's a passion now it's of yours, a thing. and you have some small woodland creatures. I do. It's a dream come true. Yeah. T- tell us who, who's who are your creatures. Um, I have two rabbits, Koo uh-huh. and Clue. Koo and Clue, very nice. And uh, they're mostly just ornery and don't like us to be their friend. But oh, we not them quite anyway. the dream. But yeah, I get some cuddles. But yeah, it's still worth it. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Well, uh. We're just kind of flying in here after all of Hope Month and all of Weekend of Service. It we were we keep using the phrase "flying by the seat of our pants" because it kind of felt like that. But man, I thought it was awesome. It was an awesome week. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. or awesome month. Awesome. The Weekend of Service was great. Heard great feedback. What Hannah? What are you feeling about it now? Thinking back as you look back on that that weekend. Uh, well, I'm glad that it worked out without anyone <laughs> getting their limbs chopped off or yes. you know run over by pigs or something did we have any hospital runs from weekend of service nope it is a miracle it was a dream that's a that is a dream wow uh yeah it went really well we had people all over the community at organizations i hadn't even heard of before i started looking into mm-hmm. rabbits and camels i was supposed to do that a <gasps> lot oh, earlier when you were talking about woodland, woodland <laughs> creatures <laughs> sorry wow i had to bring it back sorry yeah so we had people all over <laughs> all over uh serving in all kinds of different now, organizations hannah yeah. were you Part of the team that went out and found some of these activities for people to do? I was, yes. I went out from the internet and <laughs> I, <laughs> I searched the World Wide Web. And uh, there's actually a ton of organizations in Hamilton County and Marion County that are involved in different kinds of creation care. So It was really cool. I, I got to go visit a bunch of different projects as they were happening. And it was really just cool. Especially, I mean, obviously watching Grace people caring for creation was awesome. But, but especially whenever we engaged with 
the people who this is their thing, they're, they're, it's either they're working full time to do this or whatever. And we're coming in to support them. I, I talked to the, uh, 18 year old girl who runs Oinking Acres, which is one of our projects. <laughs> and she was telling me that, that just having this huge group of people show up and just move a ton of mulch they did in, in an hour, what normally would take her a day or two of work. And it, she was like, wow, I can't believe this is yeah, I, yeah, I can't understand how that operation even works. It's incredible. This operation is incredible. But 72 pigs mm-hmm. on the property, yeah? Mm-hmm. And that's not Something including like that. the goats yeah. or the cow or the, or peacocks. the birds. Yeah. Um, but it's just her and her mom I know. running this place. And, and a couple and of volunteers, I think. But yeah. that's about it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot. It's pretty crazy. So anyway, it was, it was cool to see Grace Church blessing people with our presence. Mm-hmm even in simple things like moving mulch and taking out invasive species and stuff like that. So that was really cool. I got to go to an organic farm on Sunday um, and it was the same thing. Just so much work. They were kind of out with the old summer crops and trying to kind of clear the ground for the fall crops that were going in and Mm -hmm. just so much work, but people just seemed to really be having a very good time doing it. It was cool. Good times. I came home with a kashaw. You know what a kashaw is? I don't. What's that? (laughs) So there were there were like greenhouse sections yeah. of the farmland, but then there was like extensive kind of ground farmland behind sure. the greenhouses, and there was this field of gourds. Oh. And I recognized butternut squash, but I didn't recognize this giant green thing, like the size of, almost the size of my arm, like it's pretty big. And I said, is that decorative? And she's like, oh no, you can, you can cook this, take it home. So I have a giant like green and white striped gourd Whoa. called a kashaw. Do you Kasha, know what you're going to do with it? I'm going like, to roast it. Just by I'm going to peel it, uh-huh. and then I'm going to cube it up, and then I'm going to roast it, Wow! and we're going to see what happens. Nice. Yeah. Sounds wild. That sounds like a lot of fun. It's going to feed us for like five months because this thing <laughs> is enormous. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm looking for a sound clip for that one. For Kasha? Kasha. I, I don't think you're going to I don't think it. so. I think that is the new sound clip, Barry. <laughs> Kasha. Oh. i mean not ideal but it's it's uh it's worth it so um yeah it was really encouraging and i i was excited especially there was a group that came to our property to help with the indiana house rabbit society because the ihrs keeps all of their hay in our barn that were like the barn storage location and part of the 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 job was to have people come and help bag hay that IHRS can then sell at, and use that as a fundraiser and support all the bunny families. And so we had a big group and I think it got way bigger than the number of people that are supposed to be there. Um, cause there were just people bringing their neighbors and bringing their friends. And it was, so it ended up really, really cool. Um, but the thing that was most exciting to me, I, I was visiting different projects and I got there right as they were wrapping up, but there were kids everywhere, which is awesome. But there was also a 93-year-old Mary, 91-year-old Mary, who was serving as well. And so that we had a three-year-old and a 91-year-old serving side-by-side, uh, caring for creation. And it was just the most special thing. And especially to have them there on the farm with Cleo running around, it was like, what a dream. It was, it was awesome. So uh, w- did you have any, uh, Hannah, any particular moments from the weekend that you're just like, wow, that, was, that stood with me or stuck with me? I don't know. I spent most of the weekend just walking around to the different projects that were happening at Grace. We had several Mm -hmm. projects happening on the property to uh, pull out invasives or take care of the organic gardens uh, or add native plants. And then we had a bunch of people inside making rabbit toys, which I need to give you. (laughs) Oh, right. Yes. Uh, and, uh, bug hotels and mm-hmm. upcycling. And it was just neat to see how many different things were going on. Yeah. Um, that were all working towards the same yeah. goal. So yeah, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Bird houses. Yeah. Yes. Bat houses. Indeed. <laughs> yeah. That was a pretty Sport hard. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Oh, and I meant to say if, if you dear listener want to try a Kasha, um, at the Carmel farmers market, um, what are they called? Uh, farming engineers uh-huh. is the name of the the booth to look for. So okay. bright, like electric fluorescent green T-shirts. Farming engineers cool. get you a kasha, roast it up. Do it. We're gonna um, start a craze. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope this thing is good. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. That's let's hope it tastes good. Yeah, um, yeah. It was great, and um, I just want to say thank you to all the the grace people who showed up. And uh, I know so much of it was just fun because people could just 
hang out together and get to know each other. I saw a whole bunch of new friendships blossoming and um, yeah, it was just really, it was great. So thank you guys who, who showed up and who served and, and you know, it's something that was cool, Barry. What? I saw people there both days. Like it's pretty oh, rare. They came both da- it's both pretty days. rare to yeah. see someone at like a Saturday night service and then yeah. have them come back for a Sunday morning yeah. service. But there were people that were just so excited about yeah. getting out there and serving in this way that they were there both days. So yeah. extra special shout out to you. You yeah. know who you are. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so how are you guys doing like in life? Because I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you that. I have not really had a wonderful, it has not been a very easy, uh, like sort of gliding path down from weekend of service because, uh, two nights ago, Monday night, was it Monday night? We had a big thunderstorm. Whoa, whoa. We might need to back up. Oh, it was Sunday night. It was the night of weekend of service. Sorry, go ahead. But we might need to back up. I'm telling you, we've been doing all of this like creation care. And then what happens? We get struck by lightning. Oh, right. Literally, <laughs> our church got struck by lightning. We had uh, one of our light poles got hit, and it, it traveled somehow into the building mm-hmm. and, and hit some sensitive electronics or something like sparks that. Sparks were flying. Sparks were literally flying. Volunteers but were diving. It was crazy. Oh, was my crazy. goodness. No, were you there, were, were you? Yeah. Well, I was uh, up at the front desk, yeah. and people would come out saying, did you hear we just got struck by lightning? And then people <laughs> from upstairs came down, and they were like, did we just get struck by lightning? Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, it was, it was during the time that our Wednesday morning um, yes. food pantry mm-hmm. is in operation. So there were plenty of volunteers around. I know that much. Well, here's a fun fact that ties into our next sermon series all about <laughs> the 30 years, 30-year anniversary of Grace. But at the old warehouse, we were struck by lightning as well, and it came right into the building and fried a bunch of computers, and thankfully nobody was there or, or hurt. But, like... Maybe it's just a rite of passage. Each generation has to uh, experience being struck by lightning so that we can move <laughs> forward into the future with God's blessing or something. That's I don't it. know. It's, it's it. got to be it. the power of the heavens. Uh, so speaking of the, the, the God of thunder, um, <laughs> we had on Sunday night, yeah, weekend of service evening, right after trying to like take the day and relax after weekend of service, uh, in my little pocket, my little neck of the woods, and it, it really seems to be very limited, uh, there was a massive thunderstorm with huge winds and it just wreaked havoc. My whole neighborhood, trees are down, falling on houses, just absolutely crazy. And on our property, thank thank the Lord, nothing, there was no significant structural damage, nothing really damaged our house or really any of the barns, but we lost a bunch of branches and trees. I mean, it's going to be weeks and weeks of work to take care of it all. Um, but yeah, we lost this huge catalpa tree, maybe 60 something years old, this, this old tree that was one of my favorites and it, it fell down. And, um, when it happened, it was like 1130 at night and, and Cleo's barking and Liv and I are, are like wake. I had just dozed off and I woke back up and we went out into the living room and it was just, I mean, I, it was like a train was, it was like a, like a tornado we thought because the wind was so loud. Um, Now all of our like walls of the house and the barns are all plastered with shredded leaves. Like, Oh wow. It was, they had, they were plastered onto all the walls from this heavy wind. And there are just, these catalpa leaves are so huge that like all these other catalpa branches were breaking off and just flying like a sail all over our property. And so, like I said, weeks of work to, uh, to recover that. So I'll be out there, but, I'll be making firewood for some delightful uh, future fires and yes. a lot of mulch to be used in my garden. Did so you see what he it, just did there? It won't go that to was waste. such like a, that is you. That is who you are. <laughs> I would still be grumbling about this giant tree. How am I ever going to get rid of this tree? But he's like, I get to make mulch. I mean, there's going to be mulch. <laughs> it's how it works. So <laughs> I can't help it. I'm very, very enthusiastic about life and I've got to look for the, Got to look for the bright side. So. Do you do you have enough like firepower to take um, apart a giant catalpa tree? Do you need another chainsaw? I mean, I'll take as many chainsaws as people want to send our way. Hopefully, how also many chainsaws can you use with operators? Time? I was okay. going to say with <laughs> operators involved. Um, I, I don't really know how long it'll take or what it'll involve because it looked pretty massive. It's pretty big, so I don't know if I can just kind of hack away at it from different angles or whether I need to get a a professional out there to take care of it, but. Um, most of the other branches that fell are well within my current nice beefy chainsaws uh, capabilities. But what I really need is like a small chainsaw because that thing is so heavy mm. when you're doing all the little branches and stuff. I need like one of those little bitty ones. It's like, meow, you know, like a, like, like a Dremel tool with like a saw <laughs> attachment. Sure. Yes. <laughs> I got that's, a black and Decker at home. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. So, so that's my next few weeks of free time. Um, now, didn't your 
walls of your barn get bent? Like, what just do you do about them. that? I don't know. It's this old rusty part of the barn, and I think we might just be able to shove it back into place. And crazy, I don't kick know, it. kick it back into place. And but your uh, but your perma forest, totally culture forest, yeah, fine, fine, totally, totally fine. fine. No, thankfully, because if one of those trees fell on it, I'd lose many years of work. And now I'm freaking out thinking about that. So, let, so now that I'm thinking, I should probably go and take care of my. <laughs> take those trees down or something. I anyway. rewatched the sermon from two weeks ago uh-huh. and was struck at how much you talked about trees and oh, roots yeah. and the strength of trees to withstand storms yeah. because of the roots. Yeah. And I was like, well, wow. Ironically enough, or maybe not ironically, <laughs> but this catalpa did not fall at the roots. The roots are all still in the ground. It fell because the trunk had been hollow, hollowed out and rotting for oh, a while. There's a sermon in there. There is a, a sermon in there. Rotten to the core. Rotten. <laughs> it doesn't matter where you put your roots if you're rotten to the core. The That's heart my is big wicked. Idea. Who can know it? <laughs> I, I'm going to get to work on that. Uh, New King James. <laughs> Uh, it's too much power. I sh- you should be in this seat so you can have a, <laughs> one the of these audio. days. You'll yeah. let me sit in that chair. Uh, anyway, <laughs> how are you doing? What's what's new in your life, Marin? Um, I feel like very little is new in my life. Um, however, my daughter is going to get to go on an airplane for the first time in her little life. She's never been on a plane. Never been on wow. a plane. What? We don't really go anywhere. You know. Uh huh. We're very, very, very busy people who don't get to go anywhere. Um, but no, she babysits for David Cottle, David and Liz. Oh, yes. And they're going on a vacation and they're taking her with. Oh, Aww. what a great idea. I know. I'm so excited. So my life has just been taking her shopping, yeah. getting her ready for this little trip. I yeah. bought her her very own suitcase on wheels because nice. we never go anywhere. So yeah, we needed see. a suitcase on wheels. And she was, she leaves. When do they leave? Sunday. They think they leave Sunday. Uh-huh. She was packed as of Sunday night this past Sunday. Right. Like her, her <laughs> bag. Wow. Her bag is outside of her bedroom door. Uh-huh. And then she told me that she was in the hallway practicing the other day with oh. the suitcase on wheels. That's awesome. Hey, It'll I'm be so excited be for her. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be such a great experience. I'm pretty sure she's like equal parts nervous and excited, but I'm just purely excited for her. It's going to be awesome. awesome. So That's so good. Jaden is like full of jealousy and all sorts of envy. He has also never been on a plane. He was on a plane. He's too young to remember the time that he went uh-huh. on plane. And then he was supposed to go to London last year oh, and then COVID yeah. happened. Yeah. So he'll wow. have his chance someday. Yeah, he'll get up there. It's Desi's time. Yeah. It's her time to shine. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? What's yeah, going what's on going in the life you, of Hannah Miller? Um well weekend of service was my life for a little while, so I'm like reevaluating everything I know. <laughs> uh, like what 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 are you even here for now? It's, <laughs> right. it's over. Yeah. Exactly. Well, we uh, just decided. We just decided weekend of service 2022 will be in October. Yes. So if you want to get working on that, we've got uh, we've got some work to do. Let's get in the fall. That's the only business. thing that can make it better. Yeah, it'll be better. Yes, I am looking forward to my most favorite season. It is coming. Fall it is upon us. Yes. Yeah. What do you like about fall? Um, mosquitoes go away. Yes. Mm. Less sweating. Praise the Lord. Mm. Just, it's nicer to be outside, you know? Yeah. Fires and fire pits don't have blood in them. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stop anytime. Insects don't have blood That's in them. That's what I was saying. <laughs> Insects. It, it Is was, that true? I don't. I mean. I don't know. I don't either. Are we perpetuating falsehoods, nature falsehoods on our podcast? Doesn't no, it I, depend on the insect? It's probably not called blood. There's probably, probably called, some like, science or something. Yes. I don't know. Well, Tim will be back in a week. We can, we ask, can ask him. him. <laughs> He'll be back from sabbatical. Um, sorry, did I interrupt you? I did interrupt you. Mosquitoes go yes, away. Yes, with your why, why, uh, why fall is your favorite? Fall yeah, is also nice my favorite. But I always thought that it was like subconsciously connected to my birthday. Like maybe that's why well, I love um, fall. Confession, yes, my birthday's in November. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love fall and my birthday's in March. So I don't think... It can't be that. Oh, yeah. My birthday's end of September. My anniversary's beginning of October. Like, uh-huh, all of uh-huh. the best celebrations are right at the beginning of fall. There's but just, I do love it. It's better food. It's better clothes. It's better everything. Oh, yeah. I love, like, I love hiking in fall. Mm-hmm. I love how, like, like, think of Brown County and the little, like, little shopping community that, like, comes to life yes. because everybody floods there to mm. see the fall colors. Like, I like stuff like that. Exactly. I love candy corn. No, I don't. I love caramel corn. That's what I love. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stuff um, like that. That's cool. Yeah, I love fall. I'm looking forward to some cooler 
less humid uh, days and nights and sitting by the fire. I made a big fire pit this year and I, I've only had one or two fires out there. So now I can just really, you can have so many fires enjoy now it. and I'm going to have so <laughs> much firewood. All the fires. Yeah. Yeah. I've got firewood for days. So, or years. Um, did you know Marin that Hannah and I go way back? I did not. Did you not know that? So nope. when I was doing world next door, we used to have a summer internship and that summer internship, we would have, you know, young people, aspiring writers or journalists or whoever, or just people who wanted to travel the world, uh, we, we would go to different countries, Kenya, South Africa, Cambodia one summer. And Hannah was one of my summer interns way back when. when what, what year was That's that? True. Uh, 2013. Okay, 2013. Whoa. Summer of 2013. And I didn't even know what Grace was back then. That's amazing. Wow. Was that really your connection, the first connection to anything Grace? Yep, I went to Taylor University yeah. and then went to Shepherd Community Center from there. That's right. And yeah. I met wow. Matthew Gray. Yeah. Because he was leading a group and I thought this church is different. Wow. He actually saw me as a human being. Oh, wow. And uh, Amazing. Yeah. Like, I don't remember anyone's names in my life, but I remember his because he made a huge impression. So. Matthew, if you're listening, <laughs> keep it up, man. Yeah. Good work. That's awesome. Um, yeah, you came to Cambodia as a summer intern, and while you were there, you also, or while you were an intern, you got to meet someone who was also very important in your life. Yes. My husband and I are married because of, Bra of Barry. Yeah, that's right. I, oh my goodness! I, you're welcome. He go, does go way back with Grace, but yeah, um, yeah. He yep, was he was a year long fellow at the time, and so we were all in Cambodia together. Fellow? That's what we called like the long year long intern, basically. He was more worthy to be there than I was. So okay. He was a fellow. he was a jolly good fellow. <laughs> okay. That's also very accurate, yeah. <laughs> guys. This is all totally news to me. I yeah, have no yeah. idea. That's so, super cool. So basically. You're welcome. I guess is the is the bottom line for for being well, married. And, and <laughs> Barry gets the credit for uh, beer, the first meeting, but yeah. Tim definitely gets the credit for us getting engaged. So. <laughs> yeah, Tim. Tim set that up. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> in oh, a very yeah. Tim way. Yeah, that's Just awesome. Like, you love her. Go ask her to marry you. Why are you being dumb? <laughs> why, why are you being dumb? He marries. That's good. Uh, it's yeah, beautiful. so, it's so we do have, we do have some history. We go back. That's cool. So you said that you first discovered like a passion for sustainability in college. Would this have been around the same time then that you were interning with Barry? Um, yeah, it's, it is kind of all interrelated. When I went to college, I started traveling as, well, I was an international studies major. So I basically traveled as much as I could take advantage of. You know, seize the day. Yeah, do Does it. Does he seize the day right. when you get there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> she has a suitcase now, so. Exactly. She can. She can go anywhere. She's been practicing. Seize it. Um, but my, so my first uh, big trip in college was to Ireland, and recycling and composting is just normal. Everyone does it. There's, mm. like, the utilities are built around that, and I kind of realized that a culture can determine the way that people live and how, what their relationship is to the land. Mm. Um, and Ireland, as a huge tourist country, does have a much deeper connection to the land than I think we do. Sure. Um, and then going places like Cambodia and seeing the effects of pollution where mm -hmm. they aren't equipped to handle them that with the infrastructure and things and seeing the effects of um, trash and um, unclean energy, what I, we call unclean energy. Energy. I mean, like Normal fossil fuels. Yeah, what fossil it, yeah. fuels. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. the thing. Yeah, I know about stuff, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, the yeah, it just really opened my eyes to how what I do and what I buy affects people all mm. the way in the Pacific. Yeah. Um, so this whole series for me, I feel like has just been, I'm learning. I'm just learning, and I'm I'm seeing things I didn't see before because I grew up about as far removed from the land as possible right. sure. mm -hmm. just it's it's foreign to me yeah. and so I did something small I think I might have said something about it on the first podcast we did of this series but I put a plastic basket in the back of my car and I decided I'm gonna stop bagging my groceries I'm gonna stop putting them in plastic yeah. bags and just carry them into the house via basket mm -hmm. that's great I'm, I'm doing a good thing but I'm realizing the first thing I realized is how hard it is to break the habit of mindlessly putting something in a bag. Sure. And then like, oh, 
I'm not, I'm not using bags anymore. Oh, take, mm-hmm. take it out of the bag, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's just, even just kind of practices that, I mean, my entire life, like from the time I was a small child, that's what you do. You go to the store, you put the food in a bag, you take the food home. Breaking those habits is hard. But then I realized we don't really have a system that's very well set up for that. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I was at I was at Walmart the other day and I guess they have to look at your receipt for anything that you don't bag. And oh, here no. I was trying to leave oh, the store. No. <laughs> I was in a hurry to get out of the store. Oh, no. Like we were supposed to meet for dinner and the restaurant closed in a half hour. I was <laughs> in a rush. And this wonderful man took my receipt and he said, I'm sorry, I have to itemize at least three things in your cart before I can let you go. <laughs> oh, just at least three? He had to pick up something in, in a pandemic. He had uh-huh. to touch my products. Uh-huh. And like find look it at on the, the yeah Ugh, wow find the number and match it to the receipt mm. and you know even when we try to do some things to help move us in a positive direction right in some cases we really don't even have right parts of our society that the are incent- really the like incentives are out of whack ready for that yeah you're now you're now incentivized mm-hmm. to use bags yes if you're in a hurry you don't want to wait absolutely for to itemize yeah right. where in Chicago they started charging for plastic bags uh-huh. and so again it's a different culture when I go home. My incentive is to not use plastic bags because, you don't want because to spend I have the to money. pay for them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when you were saying like, depending on your culture, it, it affects the way you relate to the land. Like, absolutely. Right. And some of that is like, for example, in Ireland, there is a law that you can't, you have to pay for a bag if you go to the grocery or wherever. Um, but in the U.S., a lot of corporations are just starting to do those sorts of things um, because, On their own. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, because they're realizing that sustainability is important. Not just to their customers, but also to the future of the way they do business. So. And, it, and it's interesting because I've, I've thought a lot about this, but like I, when I was in Rwanda, it is interesting how when you travel the world, you see different things that just different values and mm-hmm. not not Rwanda. Yeah, Rwanda, which I mean, I don't know enough about. Sorry if you're if you're one of our Rwandan listeners. I'm sorry if I'm delving into politics that I don't understand. But from my perspective, uh, the the it was a much it was like almost like a benevolent dictatorship in the way that the country was run where it's like the president was just like everybody if you're on a motorcycle you're wearing a helmet no matter what and you'll get arrested if you don't and so every motorcycle including ones that carry just passengers for fares have multiple helmets so that everybody can have a helmet on because mm. no one wants to go to jail like that's the kind of like mm-hmm. it's just like that's how it is um also though they said no more plastic bags in the country if you bring them into the country you have to remove them before you enter the country and wow. no one can use plastic bags. And as a result of all the places I've been in East Africa, it was one of the more clean uh, locations uh, as far as like there aren't plastic bags kind of floating, dug, dug into, the air. floating through the air, dug into the dirt. Like every, it was yeah. like, it's just, they made that, that decision from on high, but I don't think that would fly uh, in the, the good old USA. Wow. I don't think that kind of authoritarianism would be ideal for us culturally, but it is interesting. Yeah. The, the, Whatever the incentives are, right. carrot or stick, there's right. it, it all kind of def- defines where we where we go as a culture. So interesting. Exactly. But mm. that's de- there's definitely things to do as individuals. Like we don't have to wait until right the culture changes. We right. can slowly change the culture, like bringing ba- a basket to the grocery or Starbucks will let you bring your own reusable mug. And mm-hmm. even during COVID, like they've adjusted the way that they handle those mugs mm-hmm. so that they can still reduce the amount of single-use plastic that they're passing out and uh, i don't know if they still do but i know like duncan used to give discounts if you brought your own Mm -hmm. like duncan vessel right (laughs) so we have quite a few duncan Duncan vessels vessels (laughs) in our home that's funny um yeah and i kind of hope that got across in the messages i i I didn't feel as we were working through this series that it was going to be beneficial for us to purely bemoan these massive structural things that very few of us have any input or control over. I wanted us to talk about our own, our own slice of Eden. I talked about our, you know, our own uh, sphere of influence in week two. And, and in week three, I talked about like what, what our job is in the grand scheme of things is not to heal the world. It's not to fix it all. It's to be faithful to what's right in front of us. And it, it, it's taking those small steps that move us in the right direction then letting and trusting God to do the rest and to not despise the small beginnings as Mm -hmm. I, as I talked about. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so let's talk big picture for the series. Cause I, I don't, Tyler, if Tyler were here, he'd have a list of like questions for us to like wrestle through, but we didn't even have a sermon this past weekend. So let's right. just talk about the big picture for the whole series. Um, 
I'd love to know from your, I mean, I, I'm always thinking about this and I'm always like, I've been thinking about this kind of stuff for a long time, but was there anything in the way that, that, that I kind of approached it scripturally or anything that was a surprise to you or that you hadn't noticed in scripture before, or was there anything that kind of stood out to you as an important thing to emphasize as we think about creation care from a scriptural standpoint? I'd just mm-hmm. love to kind of start there. Anything from, from you guys' perspective? I'd never really thought about the Psalms that talk about God sustaining, like the as the deer pants for the water. And there's so much natural imagery yeah. mm. within scripture and all of it's within the context of God actively sustaining mm. that nature. Yeah. yeah. Um, in the New Testament, he talks about uh, if God cares for, you know, the little sparrow, then right. he's going to care How much more about is you. he going to care for you? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's such a huge mental shift to think about like, oh shoot, we're burning the planet. We need to fix it versus God is actively sustaining and breathing life mm-hmm. into each one of us mm-hmm. as humans. And then also into all the plants and animals. And, um, we're not doing this alone. Like it's a team thing. And yeah. we're on his team, and he's not watching us as the coach. He's one of the players. Right. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's true. It, it is a theme in Scripture that I don't think I ever noticed for most of my life growing up. The idea of God's sustaining presence. I I think maybe it's like a we've inherited it from, like, Neoplatonism, the idea that, like, matter and, like, the physical world is somehow evil and gross and, like, the spiritual world is what's good and right, and that's where God is. And he's, like, I kind of picture him being, like, ew, like, whenever he has to, like, interact with matter, and that's how I kind of thought of it. He's just, Mm -hmm. like, ugh, ugh, all right, humans, whatever. Um, But I think now I'm looking at Scripture and I'm, like, oh, I see him, like, in his love and his creative presence. I see him moving in, in... like he's there caring for every sparrow. He's there breathing life, giving water to donkeys. He's doing all that. And in ways that we don't even see, he's not just doing it as a show for us. It's like going on behind, you know, miles and miles of the natural world that we'll never get through, you know? So he's, he's very much more involved than I think I originally thought or kind of was raised to think. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. That's interesting. Hmm. Yeah. I think for me, I was, in some ways surprised by some of the scripture passages you chose, because Mm -hmm. I think at first sight, like Ephesians three, I've read that how many times in my life I've heard how many sermons based on Ephesians three, but have never heard it in relation to creation care. Yeah. Well, me neither. I, I, so I would read it and I'd be like, okay, what's he going to pull out of that? Like, how are we (laughs) going to get creation care out of Ephesians three? Yeah. But when you're talking about God doing, you know, exceedingly abundantly beyond all we can ask or think, the way that you drove it home was that God could accomplish more through our small efforts than we could even dream. Yeah. And I'm like, yes. And it just made me look at that scripture and go deeper. Mm. I think for somebody who's been in the church as long as I have, that's the challenge for me is Mm. to not just read a scripture the same way every time, but to let it come to life and speak to me in a new way. And I think, again, all the learning I've done through this series, the scripture has come to life in new ways, Mm. refreshing ways. Um, So that was, I I think that was an unexpected um, thing that happened with the series for me. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, I mean, that happens to me too. That's the beautiful thing about the scripture being alive, uh, living and active. It's, it's, when I was looking at that passage, the thing that stood out to me, which obviously because you've already referenced it, but was the the tree imagery, the roots. Before, like I just kind of skimmed right past that as like a way of talking about going deep, like ah, your roots grow into whatever, and then he moves on. And I, I as I started dwelling on it, probably because we were spending a whole month talking about creation, I was thinking more about trees and roots and the whole metaphor, and realized that what it what is what he's talking about there is is beyond just the idea of going deep it's the idea of finding your state stability of finding your nourishment find all of it into the the love of god rooting yourself into that and that got me thinking of all the other things we like to root ourselves into and it's and it was just so it's so cool i love i love the bible all right spoiler alert i love the bible <laughs> told well, even you, the way yeah. that passage starts when i think of all this i fall to my knees and pray to the father the creator mm. of everything in heaven and on earth so why would, why wouldn't he have just left it? Yeah, I pray to the Father. Like, why point out that the Father is Creator? 
Yeah. And then start talking about all of this natural imagery and roots mm. and, and going deep and things like that. Why, why would he have chosen to write about it that way? Right. Why is he writing about the love of Jesus in a way that is evocative of nature? Yeah. Although, can I tell you what that literally says? Because it's even cr- crazier. The, when it's in the NLT, it says the creator of every of everything on heaven and earth. The literal Greek is uh, the the God from whom all families in heaven and on earth take their name. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and and commentators are like, okay, if he was just talking about families on earth, it would make sense to just that's just another way of saying humanity. But he's talking about all families or something like that of in heaven and on earth. And it's like, they're talking about like creation as a whole takes its name, its identity from the creator. I didn't have time to get into that, but that's like, I, yeah, I love it. So NLT often does this. It'll just make an interpretive choice and kind of just put it there. But it's, yeah, it's even wilder than that to think like, <laughs> I just got this crazy idea when you were talking about all yeah. families in heaven and earth from which we get his name. You ever see God written like G dash yes. D and it's yeah. like the infinite, infinite is that what that's supposed to mean i think it's the dash people will put the dash in there so that by not writing the name of god you're not Uh, dishonoring god okay i think that's why people i was just like i wonder if like we're gonna get to heaven and our minds are gonna be blown that his name is actually like god gaffron rodriguez miller and like every single name (laughs) ever and it's like this infinitely long Uh name that's Uh what the dash we all just get like a tiny little chunk of it all families on earth are named Sorry. Yeah, get out the lava lamp. <laughs> Let's. Uh, that's. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's crazy. Um, hmm. Anyway, yeah. So <laughs> that's 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 cool. Uh, what else? What else stood out to you guys? I, I think it's worth repeating. I know it was in my message, but I'll just recap sort of what led to it. My conclusion for the third message was, it was really like a wild experience because you know how people say oh, the Lord brought this passage of scripture to my mind or put this mm-hmm. passage on my heart. I have always heard that and thought, so you remembered it. Like, you know, it's like, oh, so it just, you just remembered it. That's what you mean by the Lord placed on your heart. But I'm cynic no longer because I woke up the other morning, the day that I was going to write my third message and I had the phrase, as I said in my message, I had the phrase, uh, do not despise small beginnings or these small beginnings in my head. And I'm like, what is that? It's got to be something. I know that's from something. Is that from like a movie? I, I genuinely thought it was like a Lord of the Rings quote or something because mm. I was like, that's totally like a Gandalf saying, Definitely. you know, like, not all who wander are lost. Don't <laughs> despise the small beginnings. I thought, you know, something about hobbits. And so I looked it up and then immediately I was like, oh, it's scripture and it's from Zechariah. And it's this beautiful passage of of God encouraging Zechariah who's discouraged by the very measly progress that they had made in just establishing trying to get back to establishing Jerusalem after the exile. And all they've done is put down the the paving stones for the foundation of the temple. They haven't built anything of the temple. The, the city walls, I, do, I believe, are not even made, are not, are not even erected yet. And, and he says, don't despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. And then he says something about Zerubbabel has the plumb line in his hand. And I did not include that in the quote because I was like, I don't want to have to explain Zerubbabel <laughs> or plumb lines. But it's basically Zerubbabel is the guy who like was kind of responsible for helping to begin the rebuilding of Jerusalem. And so God's like saying like he's still he's measuring. He's getting it ready. Zerubbabel is and God's got big plans. So anyway, I thought that was so, so cool. And I had to inc- include that because I really felt, OK, God, you're trying to talk to us because it's easy for us to despise the small beginnings to despise. Like I picked up trash one weekend. Like what's that? Right. That's nothing, but don't despise it because again, God can do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. And, and so yeah. I got, I had several people who said that that it really touched them hearing that. And God was speaking to them big time through that. Yeah. So. That's the part that that is going to stay with me. Yeah. You told us the why and the why was pretty obvious to me. Why should we care about creation? Yeah. Because God, cares about his creation and so should we. So that was a given. Sure. And then the how was like, okay, there's lots of different ways Mm -hmm. in which we can go about caring for his creation. But I do get stuck with the, okay, those weeds are just going to grow back. (laughs) Like I I do get stuck with the, is this ever going to be enough? You know, Mm -hmm. but again, trusting that we partner, God, the creator partners with our small efforts and yes, then can do beyond all we can ask or think he could do so, so, so much more. I love the story that you told, retold, I should say, is it of, um, 
uh, the woman picking up cans yeah. in Ohio. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, f- who who was sending money to help send Celestin yes, uh, Musakura to um, to seminary before he began Alarm and ended up changing East Africa. Yeah, it was amazing. Well, yeah, What an incredible example of like who could have thought that. I mean, you don't make a ton of money picking up cans. No. You just don't. No, but she what was God, an elderly woman in Cleveland in the 80s and yeah. she's now transforming East Africa after long after her death. What God can do with those small yeah. efforts. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that that one's gonna stick with me. Cool, and and to be honest, a lot of the people who who were touched by that, it wasn't, it didn't have any, Their response was nothing to do with creation care. It's like someone came up to me and said, "My my son has been wandering from the faith for mm-hmm. so long, but this was an encouragement to stick with it and continue to pray and rem- like trust that God has got him." And like, so it was, it was. I think it's a very obvious principle that we can apply in a whole bunch of different areas, oh, yeah. but. Um, yeah, you said if we are faithful in the small things, mm-hmm. God is faithful in the big things. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a whole lot more in Scripture that we could have gone into. I would love to have a deep conversation about Sabbath rest for the land. I, I did a, a YouTube video all about it because I, I think I wrote a seminary paper on it or something. And so I did a whole YouTube video on just reflecting on how that shows up in Scripture and how it affects our our approach to the land, but that was an interesting concept we didn't get into of how in the law of Moses itself is a very conscientious um, concern or compassion for the land where, you know, we have a Sabbath rest from work where once a, once a week, we're not allowed to work. Uh, we, the, the Israelites not allowed to work, but every seven years, the land itself was supposed to rest. You weren't supposed to you weren't supposed to do anything of uh, sowing or reaping except for the stuff that grew on its own. You could go out into the field and gather whatever grew on its mm-hmm. own, but you couldn't plant stuff. You couldn't do, and you just had to trust God was going to provide what you needed. But the reason that you did it was not just for the trust. It was also so that the land could regenerate so that, mm. that and, and one of the things that in this uh, Sabbath rest for the land, there's like, let the wild animals eat what grows out of the ground. It's like a refreshment for the wild animals. It's a refreshment. And then your, your cattle or your, your livestock, your oxen don't have to work. They get a a year to recuperate. And just like, it's, it's so stunning that that's in this ancient, ancient thing, ancient work to see this compassion for the land. And it's just something I don't think we realize just how this really is woven into into all of scripture, we're just blind to it because we have a, a different perspective on what it's all about. But when you think about it as as God drawing us back to an Eden kind of life, it totally makes sense mm-hmm. to see that. And so anyway, we that's a whole other topic. Didn't have time to get into it, but I'm sure there's a few others that we could have. But hmm. um, anyway, yeah. What else? What else are we going to talk about? I think we're close to being done. Let's, we might be close. We can wrap it up. I, I do want to say, I think when we got to week two, mm. There was a point at which I think there was an inner frustration of like, okay, this doesn't sound very hopeful. Mm. You know, again, like I think we heard in a couple of these sermons about how many different ways humanity has gotten it wrong and is getting it wrong. Yeah. And so I kept going back to like, okay, but it's hope month. (laughs) So where, where is the hope? And then you said in week three, if we want to hold on to hope, it matters where we put down roots. Mm. And that is in context of Ephesians 3 um, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong and so even when I'm frustrated at Walmart with the guy who's touching the stuff I just bought and looking at my receipt if I'm doing it just to like check some sort of like socially moral inventory then I'm I'm gonna be frustrated Mm -hmm. but if I'm doing something like this as an act of worship and love and care for God's creation. Mm. Like if I root my behavior in his love, yeah, then that's where the hope is. That's where the joy is. Right. Yeah. And so I think just, again, as much as I have to break old patterns of, Oh, scan the thing, put it in the bag, be mindless, think nothing of it. As much as I have to break those habits, I have to form new habits of, no, I'm doing this not because I want my daughter to think I'm woke. I'm doing this because <laughs> yeah. I care for creation because the creator created creation and I'm partnering with him mm-hmm. to do what I can. 
small as it may be. Yeah. And then he will bring the increase and do beyond anything I can ask or think. Right. And he could take those small acts of faithfulness and not just use them to transform the world in ways that we can't imagine, but he can use those, those small acts to transform you in ways that you can't imagine. Like you don't even realize how by, by adding new habits or new mindfulness about the creator's presence or any of that stuff, how that can actually transform your heart and lead to transform lives and the people you talk to or transform the future of the way that you engage with the world. I mean, you just don't know. You have to trust that what God is doing is, is always working and always breathing and always sustaining. And, um, and yeah, and I mean, yes, at the end of the day, there does need to be some pretty huge to get back to our earlier conversation about incentives and systems and like, we've got to do that. But my hope in that is not just a handful of angry individuals with signs on the side of the road yelling at people, but the church awakening to our responsibility mm-hmm. as as caretakers of this planet, leading the way. And think of how much influence the church has. Mm-hmm. We could be be a force for change to to have our whole to change the incentives to change the 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 structures of our country not out of some political motivation again but because we're rooted into the love Mm -hmm. of that creator so right so like marcus said something both services about how he didn't want us to focus on the mundane task we were doing whether we were for weekend of service whether we were spreading mulch or pulling weeds don't focus on the task the task is going to get done yeah but while you're doing that mundane task look for god listen for his voice god is watching (laughs) focus focus in on him and i think i had a moment like that at oinking acres yep or as marcus calls it oinkers (laughs) um it's a new running joke we just call it oinkers (laughs) we just call it oinkers all the time the 18 year old girl that runs that place Mm -hmm who has such a passion to rescue abused and neglected mm-hmm. pigs yeah. of all the things. Talking to her and seeing how much she cares for these creatures and then wanting to say, well, let me tell you about the creator of these creatures mm-hmm. and how much he cares for these creatures mm-hmm. and making that connection. Now suddenly it's less about spreading mulch and it's more about connecting heart to heart and yeah. wanting to share the love of Jesus. Like. Yeah. So we do. We, we're rooted in his love. That's where the hope is. Yeah. I'm not rooted in spreading mulch or the activity right. or the, or even, you know, the whatever, the thing. I'm not rooted in the task. We're, we're doing all of this. We had hope month mm. because it points back to the creator and his love for creation and his love for you. Yeah. Yeah. When we adopted Humphrey, our, our rabbit, our first, our first adopted creature, Olivia and I, found ourselves routinely being overwhelmed because we, the more we knew about domestic rabbits, the more we were like, Oh my gosh, domestic rabbits are just across the world are like in a, in bad straits. People aren't caring for them very well. And like people will buy them as little tiny bunnies. And then the moment they, they start reaching sexual maturity and getting crazy, they just like drop them in a field or in the woods. Cause they think they're the same thing as wild rabbits. And so, and so we started getting immediately just inundated and overwhelmed by the, Oh, just how it, how huge it was. And we're like, uh, it was like a new burden mm. that we had to bear that we didn't even know. We didn't know anything about rabbits before that, but now all of a sudden we're burdened with the brokenness of rabbit care. And, and so it was initially really discouraging, but what we've seen since then is to, to kind of cap this off in my personal life is God has not only tr- transformed Olivia and I to have a unified compassion for our creatures and and other creatures, but we've began we've begun to see how um, how Humphrey has uh, helped other people make a connection. That connection you're talking about of of God's creation and how that's helped them care for their creatures, their animals better. And like, I mean, our our little uh, our my brother in law um, is like Humphrey's favorite human and and they had a connection and now that that connection flows into the way that he treats his dogs and like and other animals it's it's like i see it spreading out Mm. from our family to other people and now there's this whole generation of kids that are so interested in in all of it and it's just like okay i can even get a glimpse even in these few short years of actually trying to really engage with this i can see how a very small thing like adopting this this uh street bunny from from a cage in la with some sort of fur matted issue with something that came to us across the country from California adopting this little dude suddenly has been like spreading gently 
out mm. outward and tra- transforming us internally and then spreading out into the world and actually replacing our despair with hope as time has gone on. So it, it's true. It works. It really does happen. And it's, and it's not just applicable to creation care. It's applicable for all the things, mm-hmm. the broken places that God calls us. It's the small yes. acts of faithfulness that, that God transforms to, to things that we couldn't imagine. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, I just thought of that, figured I might as well share that. What an interesting reflection personally, as I think back on this whole thing, it's like, yeah, it all started with Humphrey. <laughs> flopping out. Flopping out. The little stinker. Well, Barry, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? Uh, well, I did kind of mention it earlier, but we are starting a new series, which I'm very excited about. It is our 30th anniversary as a church. So we're starting a whole series. It's going to be a month. Wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to we're going to do a whole month focused on kind of looking back and looking forward. I know we sort of talked all about what is the church in our act series in the summer, but this will be a chance to really look at uh, we're going to look at at what the apostle Paul had to say to Timothy in 1st and 2nd Timothy and the, some of the things that he wanted him to remember as he kind of became the next generation leading a church. And I'm we're not talking like a literal generation, but we're talking about okay, it's it's kind of a new New beginning, post, post. Well, not really post COVID, but post twenty twenty. Like, uh, we're we're in a new season as a church. What what is our future look like mm. in light of our past, and what do we want to not forget? Looking back at who we've become yeah. as we think about what God wants to do through grace moving forward. And so, there's going to be all kinds of cool stuff in the in the uh, in the, the month. We're going to have a little museum. Oh, it's not a secret, is it? I don't think it's a secret. Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> We're going to have a little museum of like artifacts and pictures and, and things from the past at Grace Church. And it's going to be really cool. And, um, lots of stuff I'm sure online and things. We're going to have some events and stuff during, during the between services and the lobby and all that stuff. And are you doing anything, Hannah? Are you involved with it at all? I only know it's going to be amazing. Great. But okay. So you <laughs> get to take a break from the digital admin. experience and yeah. community life. Yes. Yeah. They're running all the work. Yes. Yeah. They're doing it. So it's going to be great. I'm excited about it. And uh, yeah. Friends of the pod, looking forward to, to seeing you guys this next coming month as we celebrate what God's done and think about what he's going to do next. So Marin, would you do us the honor <laughs> of please sending us out? I sure will. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday.